Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much this morning that we can hear your voice, that the God who made everything speaks and speaks to us through his word. Lord, it is such a precious gift that we have this morning before us that it is even in our language that godly men have translated your word so that we can read it in our common tongue right here, right now, and that you use your word to change us. Lord, we pray that your word may be powerful and effective upon our hearts this morning. May it mould us to be more like your Son, Jesus Christ. And may we be able to go out of here this morning encouraged anew to be like him. And we pray this in his name. Amen. What gives you pleasure? What makes you happy? What are the things in your life that you look to for pleasure? At the moment, because it's a bit more nippy and it's gotten a bit colder, one of my pleasures, and while I was away on holidays, was to curl up on the couch uh, with a snuggly and Jane Austen novels. I've been working through the works of Jane Austen. I do not think that there's uh, a better collection of novels that clearly show the different aspects of human pride. The characters of Austen novels are just completely proud. They're just amazing examples of sinfulness. But I love this new addition to my reading uh, time of a snuggly. I don't know if you know what a snuggly is. I first saw one uh, about a year ago at the doctor's surgery advertised on the television, daytime TV. We're advertising these snugglies, which are basically a blanket with armholes through it. And I've wanted one ever since I saw it on the ad there. But of course, you had to call within a certain amount of time and that kind of thing. And I'm always a bit suspicious of shopping, um, TV shopping. But yes, then Jill spotted them at Kmart for $7. And she picked one up for me, and it is wonderful. I sit on the couch, have my Jane Austen, and put my arms through the snuggly. And it gives me great pleasure to be there curled up on the couch. But what gives you pleasure? And can such pleasures be abused? Can such pleasures even be sinful in God's eyes? Well, Isaiah says yes. Isaiah outlines a couple of pleasures for us today as we look at his uh, book and condemns them, condemns the Israelites' practice of them. We've been working through Isaiah for quite a while now and before I went away, we looked at the first of the woes that Isaiah gives in chapter 5 against the Israelites for what they are doing. And this week we're going to look at the second woe of his And it's basically against the abuse of pleasures, pleasure abuse. And they are given to us in Isaiah chapter 5 and from verse 11 down to verse 17. And so my first main point this morning is that Israelite pleasure abusers will be punished justly. Israelite pleasure abusers will be punished justly. So what are these pleasures? that the Israelites are abusing? Is it reading Jane Austen in a snuggly? What are these pleasures that the Israelites are abusing? And we see them listed for us in verse 11 and 12. It's basically three of them. Verse 11, 
Isaiah chapter 5, page 679 of the Black Church Bibles, 679, verse 11 says, Woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after their drinks, who stay up late at night till they are inflamed with wine. They have harps and lyres at their banquets, tambourines and flutes and wine, but they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord, no respect for the work of his hands. Isaiah is condemning here three different types of pleasures. The first is drinks. Verse 11, Woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after their drinks. The word here is strong drink, alcoholic drink here, and Isaiah is condemning it. They're running after these drinks. This is the pleasure that they're doing. What's the other one? They're having banquets. Verse 12, they have harps and lyres at their banquets. They're having feasts. So they're eating a lot. And they're being entertained at these feasts. They've got music going on there. Harps, lyres, tambourines, flutes, they're playing music. And of course they're socialising at their banquets as well, aren't they? You don't have a banquet for one. Even Chinese restaurants know that, that you have to have two minimum or often four to be able to get the banquet on the menu, which is often beyond what I am uh, there. I'm either just there with Jill and so then we've only got two and we don't have enough to get the banquet. A banquet means you have lots of people there socialising and of course these guys are listening to music while they're having their banquet. So these are the pleasures that the Israelites are abusing. But how do you know that they're being abused? Aren't these good things? Is drinking bad? Is eating bad? Is having banquets with friends over a bad thing? Is listening to music bad? Should we condemn the harp, the lyre, the tambourine and the flute as bad things and switch to the guitar and the piano and the organ and the computer-generated music? Are they bad things? Well, they are when they're used at the expense of God. Why are they bad? Verse 12 tells us, They have harps and lyres at their banquets, tambourines and flutes and wine, but they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord, no respect for the work of his hands. These people are indulging in pleasure constantly so that they have no time to consider God whatsoever. This is all they're doing, eating, drinking, entertainment, socialising, So no surprise, there's no time for God. And we even see it there in verse 11. Woe to those who rise early in the morning. They're getting up early. That's a commendable thing, isn't it? But it's to chase after drinks, to run after their drinks, who stay up late at night. Staying up late at night's a good thing, isn't it? Work hard, burn the candle at both ends. But what are they doing it for? Till they are inflamed with wine. They get up early, stay up late, But what are they doing all that day? They are indulging in pleasure after pleasure after pleasure. And this is pleasure abuse and God is not happy. He says woe to them for this pleasure abuse. And what will God do to them for abusing pleasure? Does he say that's okay, let it go? No, he says you will be punished for abusing pleasure for constantly chasing after pleasure with no regard to me. And what is this punishment that he brings on them? Well, we see it in verse 13. Therefore my people will go into exile. 
He will send his people into exile. He will take them out of the land, take them away from their lovely houses, lovely halls with room for their banquets, take them away from their instruments, take them away from their wine vats with all their supplies and all their food. He sends them into exile. He does that, and what else does he do? Not just exile. Therefore my people will go into exile, says verse 13, for lack of understanding. Their men of rank will die of hunger, and their masses will be parched with thirst. God will punish them with death. It's interesting the way he punishes them. The punishment fits the crime. How do they die? They die of a cold, the plague. They die of hunger. They die of thirst. These people who indulge in their stomachs all the time and drinks and food die of hunger. They die of thirst. The grave opens up for them and engulfs them. It's interesting, the illustration that's given there in verse 14. Remember, these are people who are eating constantly. What happens to them? They are eaten by death. Therefore, the grave enlarges its appetite and opens its mouth without limit. Into it will descend their nobles and masses with all their brawlers and revelers. Those who constantly eat with no regard to God are eaten by the grave. It opens its mouth up and engulfs them. Is it only some of these pleasure abusers that are punished, though? Is it just the, the poorer class, the drunks that are on the street, that are always there with a bottle of wine? Is it just them that are punished? No, God says all pleasure abusers will be punished. We see that there in verse 13. Therefore my people will go into exile for lack of understanding. Their men of rank will die of hunger. The people of rank, but also the masses. It's not like he just picks on the rich either. Their masses will be parched with thirst. Verse 14, Therefore the grave enlarges its appetite and opens its mouth without limit. Into it will descend their nobles and masses with all their brawlers and revelers. No one is spared who indulges in the abuse of pleasure, who constantly entertains themselves with no regard for God and what he has done for them. Is God just to punish them, though? Is he doing the right thing? Isn't he a bit vindictive here? Isn't he a bit harsh in punishing people for such things? I mean, he made all these pleasures. He made the drink. He made the food. He made music and gave it to people. Isn't he a bit harsh for people indulging in such pleasures? No, the Bible says, Isaiah says here, God says here, that God is just in punishing them. What does it say in verse 16? But the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice and the holy God will show himself holy by his righteousness. God is right to punish such people. Isaiah says it clearly. Why is God right? Well, he made the people not to worship themselves and the pleasures that they indulge in. He made them to worship him, to have regard for what he has done. 
the works that he has done in their lives, the fact that he created them, the fact that he redeemed them from slavery in Egypt, the fact that he provides for them day by day. They should be worshipping him, but instead they're worshipping themselves and worshipping idols of food, drink and entertainment. And so God is right to punish them for that. But we also see God's justice here in sparing people who are faithful to him. Did you see the sign of hope there in the reading that we had? Verse 17, Then sheep will graze as in their own pasture. Lambs will feed among the ruins of the rich. Not everyone has been indulging in pleasure at the expense of paying attention to God. Instead, there have been a faithful few, and they are there, and they are looked after. God is just. He spares them and allows them to feed there. Interesting, they're eating there. It's not that God has a problem with food. He's letting the lambs eat there. It's a question of whether it is lambs. Uh, The NIV translation has put lambs there, but if you follow the little footnote in your NIV translations down to the margin, you can see that, that the Hebrew actually says strangers will eat among the ruins of the rich. Um, All the other translations follow the Hebrew. I'm not sure why the NIV chooses to follow the Greek here. But anyway, it's interesting that strangers and lambs are there and they're eating. God looks after those who do pay attention to him. And did God do this? Or is it just an empty threat from Isaiah? Yes, he did. He sent the Israelites into exile for their pleasure abuse. He killed many of them. He put them to death. Many of them starved and died of thirst in sieges and without food. Rain didn't come. Drought came through. People died because they'd been abusing pleasure. But a remnant was spared. God did look after those who were faithful and eventually brings them back even from exile to the land. Now, is this the only time people have abused pleasure? No, people still abuse pleasure today. And does God still punish pleasure abusers? Yes, he does. So that brings me to my second main point this morning. Pleasure abusers will still be punished justly. Pleasure abusers will still be punished justly. God's promise still stands. God will punish those who indulge in pleasure all day, every day, with no regard for him. The New Testament condemns these sins just as much as the old. It is not that God has stopped punishing such people. So the question is for you this morning, do you abuse pleasure? Do you rise early in the morning and stay up late at night seeking pleasure instead of remembering the Lord and what he has done for you. How do you know if that's you? It's easy to know. Each day, do you have time to read God's word and to pray to him and remember him? Or does each day pass without you having time to pay attention to him and what he has done. What are the pleasures that 
consume people's days today or maybe your days that stop you from having time for God? Well, it's the same pleasures that the Israelites were guilty of. They may be a little subtly different, but they're the same of food, drink and entertainment. Those same pleasures are indulged in today at the expense of paying attention to God and what he has done in their lives. Is that the case for you? Does food and drink so consume your time each day that you do not have time to remember God? Food consumes your time in buying it, maybe working so that you have money to buy it. You want the expensive food. You're not happy with cheaper options. You want fine cuisine. So you spend lots of time working so that you can buy the food. Then you spend lots of time preparing the food. And then you spend lots of time eating the food that you've got. And so your day is whittled away with all your meals and all your time that is spent on food. Maybe that you have multiple meals through the day, like a hobbit. What do hobbits have? They have breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner and supper. Seven meals a day. I mean, most of us admit to at least a breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, and maybe a supper. So we're not that far off a hobbit. Maybe a hobbit at least had a bigger spread, and we're not that guilty at morning tea and afternoon tea and our supper. But we still spend a lot of time eating food, thinking about food, that it's now time for my morning tea, it's now time for my afternoon tea, breaking up our day with little bits of time eroded away for eating of food. What else? Well, it's not just food and drink that the Israelites were guilty of and that we're guilty of. It's entertainment as well. Do you chase so much after entertainment that you do not spare a thought for God? Maybe it's the entertainment of music, just like these Israelites were guilty of. You spend lots of time in working so that you have money to buy the latest tracks, the latest stereo equipment, the latest MP3 player, iPod, iPhone, whatever you want to listen to your music on. And then you spend lots of time listening to that music, lots of time reading about different rock artists or, if you're into classical music, um, dead people, or going to concerts. Uh, you spend lots and lots of time just absorbing yourself in the entertainment of music. And I love music, and I know how much time I've spent going to rock concerts and entertaining myself with music. It can suck a lot of your time out of your life. Or maybe it's not the entertainment of music that's so much a trouble for you, but maybe it's the entertainment of the television set. You spend lots of your time buying DVDs, buying TV shows, buying the DVD players to play them, buying the television sets themselves, and then you spend oodles and oodles of time watching the TV set, entertaining yourself constantly with it, and so that it's not surprising that each day... You don't have time to remember God, to have respect for the work of his hands, to have time to read his word and pray to him. Or maybe it's the entertainment of sport, that you're constantly exercising yourself, playing sport yourself, or just sitting on the couch watching others exercise is much more agreeable to you than getting up yourself. And so you constantly watch sport. You've Make sure you don't miss a game. But what ends up happening is you miss remembering God. 
you miss remembering to read his word and to pray to him. Or maybe it's not the entertainment of sport, it's the entertainment of the computer and the internet that's connected to your computer. There's always something new to look at on the internet. It is a wonderful resource, but it can whittle away so many hours of just surfing, clicking from one page to the next to the next. And so not surprisingly, your day is gone and you've not spared a thought for God. You've just entertained yourself with the computer. Or maybe it's not any of those entertainments, but it's the entertainment of friends and family, just like these Israelites with their banquets, having banquets with lots of people over and spending lots of time with their friends, spending lots of time with their family, socialising. Maybe that's a problem for you that you spend so much time socialising, meeting up with friends, talking to friends on the phone, and the big time waster of Facebook, you're always on there reading what your friends have written and then writing frivolous things about yourself and what you've done that day so that other people can read that. So you've got plenty of time for Facebook, but you've got no time for God's book and for remembering him and what he says in his word. Or maybe it's something else altogether that I haven't mentioned. But we must admit that we are guilty of this. That pleasure abuse goes on in our lives so much. But is it that bad? Is it really that bad? No, it is indeed very bad. Because God will still punish with death all those who abuse pleasure. It is sin to indulge in pleasure all day, every day, with no regard to God. It is false worship. You are worshipping an idol. You are worshipping yourself and you're worshipping the entertainment that sucks the time out of your day every day so that you have no time to worship the true God. And you can be punished for the sin of pleasure abuse just as much as the sin of murder. It is still sin. In God's eyes. And God can punish you by taking you into exile, taking away the pleasures from your life. Television set blows up, the computer dies, and it's removed from you. And you're taken into exile away from that entertainment that you love so much. Or it means the death of you yourself. And then the punishment of eternity in hell. Why? Because you spent your days indulging in pleasure with no regard for God. And would God be just to punish you for that? Yes. What he says here in Isaiah stands true today. But Verse 16, But the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice, and the holy God will show himself holy by his righteousness. God is shown to be righteous when he punishes you for indulging in pleasure all day, every day, with no regard for him, because he created you to worship him, and not yourself, and not the idols of food, drink, and entertainment. Those are false idols if you worship them instead of God, and God is right to punish you for those. This is scary news. Because we all must admit we have had many days go through our lives where we have had little regard for God, but a lot of regard for food, a lot of regard for entertainment, 
and amusing ourselves, and we all deserve to be punished for doing so. So what are you to do? What can you do? Well, there is hope. Can you escape that punishment? There is hope. Remember what it said in verse 17? Then sheep will graze as in their own pasture. Lambs will feed among the ruined of the rich. There is hope. You can be one of those sheep. You can be one of those lambs or strangers. You can be one of those. How? Well, you need to sort that sin problem you have out with God. As soon as you indulge in pleasure at the expense of God once, you are guilty before him. And you deserve to be punished for that sin with eternity in hell. How do you overcome that sin problem? Through repenting of it and believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you to wash that sin of pleasure abuse away. That is the only way to make up for that sin. Nothing else will wash it away. That's what you need to do first and foremost. Repent, say sorry to God for not having time for him, but having time for the TV, having time for music, having time for friends, having time for food instead of having time for him. And then cut back on your pleasures in your life. It's not that hard to do. You can cut back on the amount that you eat or food or the time that you spend on food. It's called fasting. And you can fast from morning tea just as much as you could fast from lunch. If you're finding that you have no time for God during the day, it is possible for you to do without physical food. Foreign concept, I know. But yes, it is possible. If you are finding that you have no time for God each day, cut a meal out. You don't have to do it consistently every day for the rest of your life. But it is something you can think about. If you're having no time for God, food is not above God. God is above food. Cut back on entertainment. Cut back on the television and the music. It's very easy to do. There's a off button. Turn it off. And then what do you do? You pick up the Bible and you read it. How do you have regard for God's work in your life? Well, you find it right here in the Bible. You read there what he has done, how he's created you, how he's provided for you again and again throughout your life, and how he has redeemed you. That is the most precious work of God of all where he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you. Do you remember that work of God each day in your life? Or do days go past again and again where you remember to turn on the TV, but you do not remember that Christ was crucified for you? Remember him by reading about Jesus Christ and what he has done. And pray to him. Remember him in your prayers. Spend time praising him for what he has done in sending Jesus Christ for you, in creating you, in providing for you day after day. Make time to pray to him. And then once you've repented, once you've cut back and once you've started remembering God, then what can you do? 
Enjoy the pleasures God has provided. Enjoy the television set. Enjoy the music. Enjoy food. Enjoy drink. Enjoy sport. Enjoy surfing the internet. Enjoy friends. Having them over for banquets. Not because that's all you're doing in your life but because you have put God first and foremost. And when you enjoy those pleasures, it's not because you are making them idols that you worship. No, you're receiving them as works of God done for you. The television set in your home is a work of God, a precious gift that he has given you to enjoy. And you can enjoy it. But you must remember to have regard for God, to respect him, and what he has done, not put those pleasures above him and end up abusing them and making them idols. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, you are indeed a great and merciful God, and we thank you for the gift of pleasure, for the many things in our lives that entertain us and that we can indulge in, and enjoy. But Lord, we are so guilty this morning of having time for those pleasures and having no time for you. Lord, we pray that you may forgive us through Jesus Christ and his work at the cross. May you wash away the sin of pleasure abuse from us. And Lord, may you give us strength to cut back on the pleasures that so consume our days that we have no time for you. And Lord, help us to be able to open our Bibles and read about what you have done and close our eyes and pray to you for what you have done in our lives. And Lord, then help us to enjoy the good things you give us in this life as pleasures from you, our gracious Heavenly Father. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.